That doesn't bode very well. It was like sigh. Yes, I am. Oh, yes. oh Nora, how are you? I'm pretty well. How are you? <laughs> Usually, it's me who's like that. It's the sun. It's beating in on my back. I just feel like a sleepy kitten. Mm. <laughs> well, no, you're going to get agitated. This is the agitation show. Oh yeah, right, right. Because okay. people are stupid. Okay. All right. This is ding 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 report from Japan <laughs> Times. You want to know why commercial television is going away? Why? This is how stupid it is. This in Japan, commercial television is growing more and more desperate for inexpensive content. Okay, so this is what they've got now: a 90-minute variety show special called "I'm Into It Video Report Paradise," where the producers on the show. Surf the internet looking for good things on you, like YouTube or something yeah. like that, any kind of video feed. And they put it up, and then comedians come in and they laugh at it. And they run that for 90 minutes. Okay, now Japan Times' take on this is that this is because of the economic situation, they're looking for cheap content. But how is this different from America's funniest home videos? Nothing. It's just yet another it's just example. It's, <laughs> it's like that stupid, stupid like Howie Mandel show. What's that? Haven't you seen that? He's got like he's got this the new reworked uh, candid camera franchise. Oh yeah. So yeah, basically like what they take people into these scenarios. At least on the how I've not seen this show. I'm just prefacing that I've seen the ads for this show. Uh -huh. But they'll have people like on one of the examples is North American people on like a Japanese game show. Mm -hmm. And this one show is sort of like it does look kind of funny, but like this guy is like strapped into this electric chair. The guy who's being sort of faked out, right, is sitting there waiting for his turn in the electric chair. The other guy goes and gets killed. And then it's now a church turn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then it's unveil oh, how wacky hijinks ensue. Yeah. So what is this, the uh, collapse of uh, civilization? Yes. No. But it's the collapse of conventional television. I think but it how, is. But so what's happening then? Does that mean like, because on the one hand, you've got this really you know, some of the best television we've ever seen, right? Like Mad Men and yeah, The Wire, et cetera. Especially. And then on the other hand, you've got like regular broadcast television. Yeah, that's, well, just... that's what's dying. But why, why should it be dying? Because when you look at, and this is like mostly John Doyle's bailiwick, but when you look at where eyeballs are, people are still watching television. They're still sitting down with their dinner on their knees you watching know TV. Yes, and you know what I've noticed? This what is, is that pounding sound? That's Estella. She lives upstairs, and she likes to refinish furniture. Her and her whole family. She's got all of her, her family. Her and her whole family? I know. This is the, uh, the carefully calibrated sniffer studios that we have to use <laughs> sound of the person refinishing their furniture. Anyway, yeah, so it's okay. So, but there still are bums in those seats watching broadcast television. But nobody but, cares about them, I guess. Okay, what I've noticed, what I'm sniffing, more and more people who don't have the digital packages, such as myself, mm -hmm. I don't pay for that. Mm -hmm. I've got the Turner Classic Movie Network on all the time. It's on all the time. It's great. They have great things. And then I noticed at the Y, because everyone's watching that. And then everyone say, oh, do you mind putting the classic movies on? Oh, really? Yeah, because they're great. Hmm. You know what I, uh, I find is once you break that link because I don't have cable 
And once you break that link with getting used to watching television... I have no idea when anything's on. But what's really neat, though, about the Turner Classic Movie Network is, is that it brings back kind of the old excitement. Like, now this is something that will never, ever come back. But, you know, the pre-DVD um, revolution, you know, pre-VHS even, really. Like, if you wanted to catch a TV show, right, you, you had, had to be there to at, be the, there moment, at yeah. the time. And mm. that's the same thing. That, yeah, one could argue where well, you could go out and rent the movies, but it's different. You know, like, I've stayed up really late watching these movies, some mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. They're really unusual ones that I hadn't mm-hmm. seen before, like wild, wild, old, silent films and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's great. That's interesting. I mean, I love having stuff on demand. I, I think that experience of the delight of like, oh my God, look what's on. I know. That's that, what that's that, what the yeah, Turner Classic yeah. movie, and I always thought that I'd hate that. And that, that feeling time. is totally going to disappear, right? Yeah. When everything is available all the time. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. last vestiges of info scarcity. Yes. So, oh, let's hear your story. This is, <laughs> I saw this thing at Gizmodo. It's a concept thing only, but it's hilarious. And it's the perfect accompaniment for when you're watching stupid television shows. They're lazy Sunday pants. And you really have to look at them. They have, like, yeah, basically gray sweatpants but then they have these like big side pockets for you to have like several remotes in them and a kind of velcro tearaway napkin that you can have (laughs) on the front of them for when you eat your uh microwave dinner it's really really funny don't you have clothes that special outfits for things like that (laughs) i do i have i have my smoking pants (laughs) and i have a smoking sweatshirt too that they go on because I don't smoke at all during the day, but in yeah. the evening, it's like your vampiric uh, so. your spacesuit for yeah. smoking. Yeah, they're mm. like old cargo army pants. Hmm. Yeah, it's great. They're stinky, and you just sort of revel in it. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can stink <laughs> them up. All right. Okay. I do have something about though about that was just a little quick super snappy. I do have something that should. Um, Elevate the tone of the discourse a little bit. Uh, This has a twofold purpose. The first purpose is to underscore the fact that although that it may often seem like we're just rambling on about nothing on the sniffer, things do come up over time, and then they're often picked up later on by mainstream news. Like social media. That (laughs) was your story. Second live mine kind of. (laughs) Looked so good last year before last. It did. Um, So this is a story in advertising age, which is a great story, but it's something that I have been raising on numerous levels about all the interesting ways we have of visualizing data now and the beautiful kinds of displays and ways of wrangling the masses of data into kinds of displays that are easier to comprehend rather than looking at tables and lists of facts and figures of which, you know, the tag cloud is only the most sort of early obvious example of, but there are many more. And that's where this advertising age thing comes in. This guy named Garrett Schmidt has written this really interesting, it's a little kind of survey of some of the interesting things that are being done in data visualization. It's a really good article. It's a really good article. There's a link at the blog, thesniffer.net. And so he points to some things like the, the beautiful service. And I thought this was so smart that the New York Times is doing this in a partnership with IBM's Many Eyes project, basically allowing you, the user, to use their platform to create visualizations of data that you want to see, right? The part that I thought was interesting that Garrick Schmidt adds is just talking about that as a new form of narrative, and Mm -hmm. a new way of storytelling that Mm -hmm. if you're not as constrained to linear descriptive things or text, if you can display information in these novel kinds of ways, what does that mean for how you 
potentially tell, tell stories. I think he's talking narrowly about telling stories in an advertising way, but you can think about it in a large well, sense of narrative too. Did you, are you familiar with the flicker clock? I only, you pointed it out to me and that's... Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys have seen this. Yeah, because this was, there's a whole list of different applications of, you know, this novel way of displaying information as Norwood said. <laughs> But this is, I guess it's also to compete with YouTube in a way too, but what they have is there's this, this, this clock and your image is downloaded onto sort of like a timeline that runs like 9, 10, 11, 12. And so you can see when you go and you look at the Flickr clock, it's all these different little tiny slices of video and color all running along and then you can click on that color or on that line and then up pops the video. Almost, no, it's giving me a look, maybe this makes no, sense. No, no, no. It, look yeah. like, it almost looks like a work of art. It looks like a barcode, but it changes and it morphs constantly. Mm-hmm. It kind of looks like, you know, in Big, in that movie Big, when he dances up and down the keyboard. Uh-huh. It kind of looks like that. It's so, it's neat. But it's definitely go and see it. So that's it. That's it. That was fun. I know, it was. It wasn't as stupid as we thought. <laughs> Come to the blog. For links to these stories and more, thesniffer.net. Bye. Bye.